welcome back to One Winning Pod, where, holy cow, we were like, this is our last show before the draft, let's enjoy the draft, and then Thursday came around, and everything happened. What a day it was. Not only did we select in the first round, as we were anticipating, but about, what, four hours beforehand, Lamar Jackson signed, uh, or like the rumors came out that he was signing, and uh, it, it, it quickly changed from a rumor to real. I went back and looked at the timestamps, guys, from when we first heard rumblings to like the official Rappaport tweets. It was about 35 minutes. And what a 35 minutes it was. Because like, you know, the first like things happened in the Discord, we're checking Twitter, Peter's losing his mind. He's like, no one say anything until it's real. <laughs> I've been through this before. <laughs> well, but probably, there are so many people on Twitter who are just like teasing like, we know something. <laughs> We're not going to tell you, but we know. I just like, just, I don't care that you know something. I don't care. Good, good for you. You learned it first. Who cares? Just shut your mouth. <laughs> just don't get our hopes up because we. There's so much that has leaked with this whole thing, and I'm just man. It. I'm just so happy it's over. I'm so happy Lamar is locked up. I just. It's crazy. Like. Oh, man. I thought that this was inevitable. I thought this was inevitable when this whole process started. The tweet a few weeks back did rock my confidence a bit, but it's done. We've got him. It's all under the bridge. Life's good. This is probably the happiest pod we're going to have in like, probably since since before Lamar's injury. This is that's probably the happiest the fan base has been since then. Yeah, for sure. To, to back you up a little bit, Peter, I definitely had a moment like that too, where I'm pretty sure I remember telling Katie that you know I was like, oh my god, like they're like I think my I think I had my Apple Watch on at the time, and I was just like everything was blowing up. I was like, I gotta take this off. Like I like I don't want to hear about like you know like the news of like Lamar maybe be signed, and I was just like. I was totally, I didn't believe it until I saw the Rappaport tweet. I was like, oh, okay, fine. Maybe this might be real. <laughs> but yeah, until then I was just like, oh my, I was like, oh my God, like I like I got to, I was working or something. Like I just, I can't deal with this right now. Yeah. Just it would have been during the workday, wouldn't it? But, but, uh, yeah. but, but yeah, I, I'm with you, man. It was, God, what a crazy, what a crazy summer events. And yeah, like you said, Alec, you know, 30 some minutes before like, the smoke turned into flames and then officially, you know, it became real. Um, you know, it was very, very fast. Um, it put some of Lamar's tweets from the previous days, like the, the, the SpongeBob meme, uh, from like, what was it like a day or two before puts that a little bit more into context. I guess Lamar was the first person to kind of, yeah. uh, start the smoke, but you know, uh, it, it is what it is. It's done. That's great. Uh, I'm just, I'm really happy as well. Um, you know, especially with, you know, like I said, a couple you know episodes ago with like the signing of OBJ, I was like, you know, it's great if it keeps Lamar. And, uh, you know, we don't know how much it had to contribute to that, but uh, it certainly I think it helped. So that's great. Uh, <laughs> now we got him. Now we got Lamar. And, uh, you know, we got some guys in the draft who uh, I think are going to really help round out that offense, um, which I'm going to be really excited for under Tom, Tom Munkin this year. For sure. So the details are, if you haven't seen him already, Five years, two hundred sixty million average of fifty-two million a year, one hundred eighty-five million in injury guarantees, which is seventy-one percent of the total contract value, one hundred thirty-five guaranteed at signing, which is fifty-one percent of the contract, and I think we're recording this like literally a day or two too early, uh, which is Wednesday the third, because we don't have like the sign-on bonus, the 
kind of cash flow in the first three years, any rolling or spring guarantees, any injury to fully guaranteed conversions that will go on. But he's signing it tomorrow. There's a press conference at 1230. Uh, so on Thursday, probably when you're hearing it, it'll be that, that day. So I think once he signs it and goes into league record, that's when all the rest of the details will come out. But um, that's where we're at. So, I mean, it's one of those things. It's a new world for the Ravens, this top quarterback contract on the books, uh, at least, you know, since uh, 2013, right? We haven't dealt with this since 2013. So it's going to change kind of how everything gets approached. But uh, I'm excited. I think, like, you know, we've been talking about it. Like, he's worth it. And, like, now we can really start to dream about this offense under Todd Munkin. And like you said, Chris, man, with these extra weapons, oh, man, this is going to be a different offense. Like, you can't you can't go into this thinking it's going to look anything like we ever seen Lamar playing before. And that's really exciting to me. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, keep this guy healthy, and we're looking at a, a Super Bowl's coming. This guy's too good, and this organization is too good for that marriage to not happen. Throughout the, all this talk, and I'll admit, I haven't really been – super plugged in too much to you know the the media space anything on twitter or talk radio because we do know during this process there were some detractors i fully get trading the argument to trade lamar if his tweet you interpreted ed as like he personally didn't want to be on the ravens anymore which I, th- I think was fair before this to read that as maybe he's saying that. And, and maybe at the time, like he, they, something happened in the negotiations that really ticked him off and he did consider a trade and saw that the market wasn't there. But, you know, I think that this definitely shows that he wants to be here, that he's happy to be here. But, you know, when things were a little shakier, there were the arguments going out there that, you know, this guy doesn't deserve a big contract because hey, we know he's great in the regular season, but the postseason, man, he's just not doing it yet, you know? And it's a criticism that, sure, I mean, we do know to this date, Lamar has uh, only thrown a single touchdown pass in the postseason, I believe. No, that's not true. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, only one touchdown pass in the postseason to his career. But guess who else was saying the same thing going into his fifth season in the NFL? Um, A guy named Peyton Manning. I think we've heard of him. He was pretty good. Um, absolutely dreadful early in his career in the postseason. And, you know, there's a lot of great quarterbacks who struggled mightily in the postseason, you know, and, and when they went there in their first three seasons, because let's be honest, we don't know what Lamar would have done in years four and five if he'd stayed healthy. He might have lit it up. The Ravens might be, have a super, another Super Bowl trophy. Who knows? But, I mean, you know, John Elway, Brett Favre, I mean, Tom Brady was terrible, you know, the, during New England's first run into the, the playoffs. And he got saved by the tuck rule. Bledsoe had to lead him into the Super Bowl after he got hurt against the Steelers. And we can keep going, man. There, and, of course, there are exceptions to this. But, like, you know, I, I, I think that the biggest detractors that I've seen have been this guy doesn't deserve the big money because when it comes to the playoffs, he hasn't delivered yet. And while that is true there's still a lot more of this guy's career to go. And I, I think with his pedigree, if you're the Ravens and you have a chance to sign this guy and roll the dice and see what happens here, I think you do it because this guy has shown that he has talent that very few quarterbacks in this league's history has had. It, it just seems to me, again, like I said, the talent of this guy is too good paired with the, what we already know this organization has done a Super Bowl appearance just feels inevitable at some point. And I think the Ravens are, this is money well invested. And I think I'm speaking to most fans when I say that, but, um, you know, 
we all know the first time that he has a bad game on this new contract, and he will, <laughs> because every quarterback has a bad game, even if you're Tom Brady, those people are going to come out in droves and say he's overpaid, and you know that. <laughs> For sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's... <laughs> I think I think I think almost everyone around the NFL will agree. It's definitely like the window is when you have the quarterback on the rookie contract. I don't think anybody is going to doubt like that as sort of like the hypothesis of how you build a Super Bowl winning team. You do it when you have that because when you have that, you have so much money to be able to fill in other roles. But as soon as you start having to pay that quarterback a lot more money at their market value, it just becomes a lot harder, right? It's not impossible. It just becomes a lot harder. But I mean, yeah, like, so, but the, the question is basically like, once you have your quarterback who you think is the guy, the next decision of like, whether you pay them or whether you try to roll the dice to find another quarterback who might be as good as, but actually probably needs to be better than the option that you had before. Because if they were the same, you would think you would have won a Super Bowl already with that quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the, the math is like really hard to work out. So like, you know, if you find a quarterback that you think is the guy, like even if you have to pay them a lot of money, like it, it, it's just you go with the known commodity at that point, right? It's just I, I feel like there were unless if a team was able to kind of give up their two first round picks, all that stuff. Like if that were to happen, you know, I I think the Ravens would be in the you know like not the best situation, but honestly, like it could have been a situation to be like, okay, you could get excited about all the picks that the Ravens theoretically could have had put this team having to give all that, you know, trade draft capital. But, but yeah, just in terms of just where the Ravens are right now, I mean, I feel like they've been in like win now mode for a couple of years and they're continuing to do that. Um, especially with all the moves, um, like we said, the top with, uh, you know, signing a new corner and some of the draft picks and everything like they're, they're not a team that's interested in doing a rebuild right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, people are going to hate, on the contract, that's fine. But also, I mean, really, that's like your best option here. So I'm glad it got done. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear what, you know, Lamar's thoughts on it. Hopefully, uh, all the stuff beforehand, <laughs> water under the bridge, everything's good. He's going to stay healthy, um, all that good stuff. Um, it's just, if yeah, <laughs> for a little bit, it was getting a little dicey there. So it just feels good to have that all resolved. Surely does. I'm so excited. I think you put it well, Chris. Like, the team is built to win right now. Roquan said it in his interview with uh, the Ravens Vault podcast. They had him on during draft night. Like he's like anything other than Super Bowl at this point is uh, you know it's underachieving. He's like this roster is built for it. We're ready. And uh, you look at the defense, you look at the offense, what they did there, and you can't help but think like, man, I think so. You know, <laughs> like like why not us? I mean, obviously it's always tricky. You know, there's always a lot of luck that goes involved, health. Um, big plays and the playoffs and everything, but you got that stud quarterback now, and uh, you know, with him with him at the helm, man, anything could happen. We've said that forever. We've seen comebacks. We've seen dominating victories. It's definitely uh, exciting times to be the Ravens. So let's get into the draft. Um, like I said, the first pick did happen. They did not trade back, and at the twenty second pick, Zay Flowers. Like we all like. I mean, it, it felt almost inevitable in a way. Um, it was either going to be him, I felt like, or a corner. And sure enough, Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College, the guy they've been following around since the early days in the process before linking us to him. Um, apparently the number one wide receiver on their board. And I tell you, man, you watch him play. 
and you're like, yeah, that's this is the real deal, man. I feel like the, the way I explain it to other fans is like, remember Marquise Brown? Imagine if he just like had a lot more dog, <laughs> you know, like just just like plays a different energy level, man. And uh, I, I I'm really excited about him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I. I've really warmed up more to this pick as the days have gone on. Um, going into the draft, I was really hoping that the Ravens would go corner here. And looking at how things came with this draft, I mean, you know, a guy, uh, obviously, uh, Jason was really high on Emmanuel Forbes. You know, we liked him too. He was gone by 16. The commanders took him. But then you look at two other guys who, you know, we were looking at. Deontay Banks, Maryland, he got drafted two picks later at 24. And then first pick of the second round, Joey Porter Jr. gets to play for his dad's team, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They picked him up there. So, I mean, uh, with the way the draft was laid out, you could have made the argument perfectly that the Ravens could have gotten corner there and either Banks or Porter would have been at value. Um, Maybe you try and trade down uh, to make that look a little better but uh, you know I, I agree with the Ravens Zay Flowers is number one uh, receiving prospect in this draft I actually didn't think that he was going to fall this far I and that was another reason why I was kind of sour on the Ravens drafting a wide receiver in the first round because the rest of the guys Jordan Addison doesn't really do it for me um, Jackson Smith and Jigba I like his route running but that's about it Quentin Johnston, I've been outspoken on how I like his ceiling, but his floor scares you so much. <laughs> so, I, I mean, and Zay Flowers, really, I, I think of those four. Yeah, I mean, do, do I like him more than, you know, Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson last year, maybe even George Pickens? I don't know. I, I, my my initial lean is to say no, but does that matter? If, if Bateman is the guy that we think he can be, like, Flowers doesn't have to be the alpha guy for this team. He can be a complimentary piece, a guy who can take over a game if necessary, if Andrews or Bateman are getting covered or, or out being schemed out by the defense. There's a lot to like here. Uh, I'll, I'll just say that. And I think of the wide receivers who were drafted in the first round, if you told me the Ravens had to select one of them, Flowers for me, by far, the one that, that I would have wanted from those four. And I'm not just saying that because the Ravens drafted them, because we'll get down the list. That, that is not the case that I feel with every pick the Ravens made in this draft. But in, with this one, yes. Flowers, I, I think, looking at it right now, the best wide receiver prospect in this draft. Yeah, I know uh, the first thing I remember looking at uh, after we picked him up is like, Steve Smith, did he review this guy? And uh, I mean, you know, you just look at the body type of like, this guy screams, Steve Smith Sr. Um, and, uh, you know, sure enough, yeah. I mean, Steve was kind of banging the drum for Zay Flowers for a bit. And... Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's exciting just to kind of have a guy who, who might you know scratch the surface of, of what a guy like that brought to his offense. I mean, even at you know what was he thirty four, thirty five, whenever he signed with the Ravens, he had a lot of football earlier than that before. But I mean, still he was one of the you know most exciting receivers that the Ravens have had in, in quite a while. Very dependable. Yeah, I mean, I I think looking at it too, I mean. I, I think it was probably the right choice. I think the you know what the Ravens probably realized is that the Vikings were going to go receiver, and if they didn't pick up Zay, he would have been gone, even if they tried trading back. Because I'm just looking at you know the back half of the draft and a couple you know defensive tackle here, uh, a couple edge players were taken. So you know I, I think just kind of given where everything was going, I, I think the pick makes sense. Um, I'll admit, yeah, the Joey Porter, I was you know hoping for him too, but. 
you know, considering all these other teams also passed on him, particularly with like the Giants, um, you know, they, they ended up picking Deontay Banks. Um, you know, I, I don't feel as bad about the pick. Um, and now these for the Steelers, you know, he's dead to me. So no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think the Ravens also just you know, being without the second round pick um, as much as they, you know, the the PR was kind of like, you know, hey, we got our second round pick. You know, and his name is uh, Roquan Smith. Um, <laughs> not having the second round pick, I definitely think hurt a little bit, especially as a fan, just like waiting day two for like, okay, when are the Ravens going to pick? When are they going to pick? Like, it's it's just forever. There's so many guys coming off the board. <laughs> like, you know, they can't trade up. They don't have the capital. You know, they can't really make a move here. They just got to wait and hope that uh, <laughs> someone that they really like falls in the third round. So I guess, you know, we should probably go and talk about him. Trenton Simpson, linebacker. Uh, now I feel really bad that we didn't really talk too much about the inside linebacker group when we reviewed the defensive prospects. Uh, <laughs> I think Beater and I at least were convinced Ravens are going to pick a linebacker. They're pretty set here. And uh, what do they do? Well, you know, they pick a linebacker, Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh, he's exciting. I think looking more into him, I didn't have a chance to kind of view his tape as much before but i think his uh you know his positional versatility i think is really interesting i think he could be you know he doesn't have to be a guy who needs to necessarily start right away but i think he could have an impact in certain packages which is really enticing yeah i mean so first off to back up i think that again when we're talking about the ravens looking at wide receiver every corner and at that pick um I think you got to give credit to them for looking at the board, looking at the classes and, and what you were going to get, uh, what, what was still going to be available after that pick. Because you look at what the wide receivers that were drafted after Flowers and you see a lot of names flying off the board before the Ravens got to pick again that we, we talked about that we really liked. You know, you got Mingo going at, at pick 39 to the Panthers. Uh, you had Jaden Reed going to the Packers at 50. Uh Tank Dell got uh, drafted in the uh, second round as well, although I'm... Uh, oh, sorry, third round, 69th to to Houston Texans. Both the Tennessee receivers, Hyatt and Tillman, gone in back-to-back picks, 73 and 74. Uh, even Josh Downs was gone before the Ravens got to pick. So another thing that we, I think we need to take into consideration there, um, if you're if you're still hung up on the corner, which I get, I get. I understand if, you, if you've thought that was a bigger need for the Ravens at that pick... It's just that even though we didn't see the early run on wide receivers that we saw last year, there was still a run. And the prospects after Josh Downs was picked, you know, a few picks before the Ravens took Simpson, I I, I think, and I think the rest of us are probably in agreement here because I'm not seeing a, a ton of names that we brought up at all. Uh, the quality went down pretty quickly. So I think that was a good move by the Ravens. Uh, and with this Trenton Simpson pick... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I'm also kind of still not sure about it. You know, I, I think there's a lot to like with him. Uh, athleticism's great. He did have a dip in production his senior year, although reading into it, it seems that there was a change in, in defensive coordinator, at least scheme, and he wasn't being used uh, as much as, you know, kind of a, a Swiss Army knife. He got, they're kind of setting him to play at one set position, and that's not really... You know, he's thriving more as being a guy who could really get rotated around in that Clemson defense. One thing I think I noticed with these later picks that that is kind of a theme with some of these guys is they're guys who you can see could play multiple positions. 
And maybe that I don't know if that was by coincidence or not, but you're looking at a team, you don't have as many picks as you do most years, and you're picking up some guys who can who could get plugged in at, at multiple spots. You know, depending on how certain aspects of their game. Uh, translate to the NFL level. So I, I do wonder if that was in the back of the, the Ravens' mind. You know, like, okay, we don't have as many picks, but let's see if we can plug as many needs as we can. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Alec. What, what are, what's your take on Simpson? Because I know that you were uh, particularly down on this interior linebacker class, although Simpson isn't strictly an interior linebacker. Yeah, this is a really interesting pick. And I, I intentionally went last for two reasons. Uh, for this kind of discussion because at first I was like, I can't believe we just drafted another inside linebacker in the third round. Like we did it with Malik Harrison. Like we have PQ. It's just like these guys are obsessed with <laughs> spending all their capital in this like non-premium position. And you already got Roquan and I'm like, Roquan covers up your problems. This is like where you could spend less now at your like will spot. And I'm like, what the heck are they doing? But I think between this pick and the next pick, you can read the tea leaves, and there is something they're doing. But we'll get to that. So I, I, if you talk about the prospect, it's to say that he's like PQ is almost an understatement, but he's better. Like that's the thing that kind of makes me excited about him is that I think he's a better prospect than PQ. And we got him in the third round. He's faster. I mean, he, the guy's nuts. He's .01 slower than Zay Flowers, but 50 pounds heavier and five inches taller. And his 10-yard split is 0.02 slower than Zay. And again, 50 pounds heavier and 5 inches taller. Like, I mean, that's just freakish, right? The way he can track down players and, and get after them. Like, no one escapes him. But the other thing, like you said, Peter, that's so interesting, and I think it's really astute to say, with these limited picks, they picked these guys that have played all over the field. Like, Simpson, you could see him playing in a pseudo-safety role. You could see him playing... Um, as like a potentially a Sam, like he could be all over the place. And that's, that's pretty neat. I will say at first though, like, I don't know how they're going to use him. Uh, I have a hunch and I'll get to it, but like, he's a weird Swiss. He's like a Swiss army knife. Like Hamilton was when we drafted him. And like when the intrigue happened, when we drafted Hamilton, it's like, how are we going to use him? What the defense going to look like? I feel like this pick ignited that same flame. And, uh, I'm super curious. And then they went ahead in the fourth round and they drafted Tavius Robinson, edge out of Old Miss. And that's when it all came kind of clear. So I think based on this pickup, uh, and I talked to Jason, he's, he's thinking it too. I said, I think they're going to start running some 3-3-5. So, you know, three linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. So you're, that, could be a, that could be a form of nickel and they haven't run that in a long time. And then he said, yeah, or they could just run a 4-3, which is also like kind of interesting. So now you're getting that third linebacker out there. And I was just like, dang, so they might be changing their scheme. And then you get Tavius Robinson. He can play five-tech. He can play three-tech. He's six-foot-six. Kind of reminds you of a guy we might have just lost. I mean, no one's quite like uh, Campbell, and I think he has a very long way to go. But you can tell yourself a story of like a new-age Campbell. Um, that they're trying to get with this Tavius Robinson pick. They compared him to Zadarius. So, you know, six foot six, three and three fourths arms, four point six six forty, one six three ten yard split. He has all the measurables, and uh, I think Doctor Rush is going to have a lot of fun trying to unlock this guy. But he's definitely a project. 
So um, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Coach DC really likes him. He's going to be putting out a video tonight, he said. So once that's out, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. But um, he's impressed with what he saw. And I, I watched a little bit of his film. And I'm like, yeah, I could see what they saw in him. Like, I thought in the last, you know, third round pick, they could have had Ringo. Keely Ringo, one of uh, Chris's guys, was still available, kind of surprising. And he kept dropping. He, he went all the way to the fourth round, early fourth, but he dropped. And uh, I think it was one of those classic things, him and Adebore and um, a few other guys who dropped. It's like, what did we not know about them? <laughs> Darnell Washington, he apparently had uh, knee issues or whatever. So, you know, there's always, once people kind of start falling like that, we were saying during the live stream, like you kind of take them off your board assuming there's something you, you just don't know and you no longer can like really evaluate them like you thought. So uh, I don't hate the fact that they had Simpson and Robinson at those spots, but there were a lot of corners I liked in the pre-draft process that made sense there. And I don't know how you guys felt seeing, I think particularly after the fourth round pick, like once they didn't go to the corner there, I was like, we're not going to get any of the corners we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so for me, I actually take a slightly different take on it. I I mean, so I understand what you know, what what we said about Ringo. I I don't know. I I wasn't sold on on him though as like is he definitely better than what we already drafted last year. And so I I mean, for for myself, with with cornerback, I was kind of of the same mind that I was with wide receiver. It was just like, if it's not one of the top end guys um, that you can get in the first or second round, I didn't know how interested I was because we had already invested two guys in that vein the previous season, uh, and there are veterans still out there on on the streets. As you know, we'll get to that because the Ravens did make a move regarding that. So Simpson, I didn't mind it, although. The fourth round pick is the one that I'm glad you described it like right there with what you think the Ravens might be doing from a personnel standpoint, because I did not get that pick. And I'm interested to to watch Coach DC's take because I don't see it with Tavius Robinson in the highlights or in the film that I've watched yet. I'm not a professional scout. So let me put that disclaimer there. <laughs> um, and I, I did watch a breakdown of, I feel bad that I can't call out who this person was because it was not a channel that I'd ever seen before. So again, I, don't, I also don't even know if this individual, what their credentials are, but they pointed out a lot of things in his game that looked incredibly raw and not ready for prime time. But like we said, he's a project, right? So that's not completely unsurprising. When we're talking about a pure edge guy just in, you know, a vacuum, I mean, I like the two guys who were drafted after him better. Nick Herberg from Wisconsin. I think Pittsburgh got a good one there. Uh, And we know that Pittsburgh (laughs) does a good job at drafting as well, so I think that's good. Uh, Yasir Abdullah was drafted by the Jaguars a few picks after that. Um, Not as high on him, but another guy that, if we're just talking about a pure player, I I liked him better, too, than, um, than Robinson. But, you know, I, what you're saying, if it's a scheme fit thing, then I can understand going for him in the fourth round there. And, you know, honestly, like you're saying, the, the guy's got a, a freakish physique. He looks like he can put on some more weight with his build. He, he is a little lanky for someone that size. 
Uh, you know, this this could end, end up being an under-the-radar pick. I'm rooting for all these guys, even if I don't fully get a pick when it's made. So, you know, let's see. I, I, I'm really intrigued by, by what you're saying this could unlock for the Ravens as far as adding new packages uh, to the scheme. I think that is something that would really be advantageous for this group. Yeah, we'll see. I feel like Edge is a weird position group for us because it's kind of set, but also not. Like we have a lot of players there who we think can be contributors, but honestly, the production hasn't been there, and it's a lot more hype at this point. So honestly, going adding another player to that, I think could kind of like help the competition such that the edge players are now more set. You know, I th- I think people are a little low on OA right now. He I think he still has time to kind of turn things back on. I think people are high on Ojabo, but he's only played extremely limited action. Bowser, we know we have with them. You know, solid player. But honestly, nothing really more. So I, I don't mind it from that perspective. I think the only, I think my only um, concern, really, honestly, is I, I think the, I, I like what the Ravens are doing in terms of like try to try to improve position groups, like basically like draft for you know two years in the future or something, right? So I mean, like the Ravens drafted a bunch of tight ends last year. They didn't really need. I mean. Obviously, I guess Greg Roman needs tight ends or whatever, but like we didn't really need two rookie tight ends last year. Um, but you know what we didn't see is that Boyle is not the same player. Um, you know Andrews is still definitely the guy, but you know now we have a, a luxury of riches at tight end, right? Um, or you know look at some other position groups of like you know defensive tackle. We didn't really need defensive tackles at a bunch, but like now going into this year, we can afford to let go of Campbell because now we have two really good guys behind him, Washington and, and Metabuke. Right. So like I, I kind of look at it maybe from that lens, but where I'm like the Ravens really didn't address anything at all is running back. And I know next year is going to be a huge problem because all three running backs basically on our roster, like none of them are going to be back. Now, I don't know whether that means that the Ravens are definitely going to like resign one of them. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of questions for that of like what the contract value is and re-signing a running back off the rookie contract is like not a great idea and like all that stuff. But like, I mean, even just two years ago when we lost all three of these guys to season ending injuries, we were, we were boned, right? It's just, we were completely destroyed. The offense was not um, to the same level that it was because we had to get the guys off the street. It, I feel kind of like that of maybe there was a guy there that like, the Ravens should have hit on a running back, even if it was a developmental guy, because that means next year, okay, you go in with a solution for next year, right? So I overall, like, I, I don't mind the approach, but I feel like with that, you basically are ending up with the Ravens always take a risk on like one position group. And, it, you know, last year was, you know, wide receiver. The year before that, offensive tackle, right? I think this year, like running back to me is probably one of those, like maybe corner, Although we hadn't hadn't gotten to the news yet, but you know there's a little bit more uh, reinforcements on that on that side. But um, that's like the only thing that makes me a little bit uneasy is like at a pick here. It's just like I would have preferred maybe another position group. There's some running back news. There is running back news. I'll just say, but, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. But I think there is. I think there is running back news, and it sounds like Alec agrees with me. Yeah, there, there, there's definitely running back news. But I I understand what you're saying, Chris, because I was thinking that yeah. around fifth round. So. Um, in the fifth round, let me just quickly double check this. There's a lot of good running backs that went. Um, yeah, so as the Bengals pick was after ours, 
Chase Brown went to the Bengals. I remember we talked about him in our Red Star video. I'm, I'm worried about that. If Mixon's gone, yep. like, I think Chase Brown's <laughs> going to be the star there. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we could have gotten Chase Brown. Another guy I loved was Zach Evans. You know, we discussed that. He went in the sixth round of the Rams. And I'm like, again, the Rams, they, they're usually uh, kind of hip uh, to something. So I, uh, I completely get what you're saying. But like Peter said, they got a guy, an undrafted free agency. And it was on Jason's big board. And Jason's already saying he's making the team. And I'm like, wait, 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 we, we jumping ahead. I thought we were going to talk no, no, about I'm that. I'm just saying, still got some more picks. It. I'm teasing it. Yeah, I'm like, like, so there might be uh, the re- the reinforcements might be already there. So we'll All see. Right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. There, there's some caveats though too, which we'll get to with with the player. And I think oh, I yeah, already he, know he's not which an of the two. Back. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. He's, he's fun <laughs> for third down. <laughs> but anyways, um, do we want to do the next pick then? I think so. All right. I know we so, love jumping around on this show, but <laughs> it's hard not to. All these things are intertwined. No, it really is. I'm surprised we've stayed as as far on course as we have. So, Caillou Blue Kelly, cornerback out of Stanford, first per- person we ever drafted out of Stanford. This was the biggest head scratcher for me. So, in the fourth round, Darius Rush was still there. Ricks was still there, and I was like, I would like either of those guys. And then the fifth round, Ricks was still on the board. <laughs> And I'm like, really? So they went ahead and got this guy. Doesn't have legendary speed. Doesn't have legendary change of direction. But you can definitely tell he went to Stanford. He's very smart. And he's able to like play pretty darn well in the zone. Um, he had good performances against Drake London. A decent performance against Addison. Um, apparently, like the Ravens have been watching him for two years. And uh, Corey Frazier, their West Coast scout, was pounding the table for him. So they they conceded to his requests, and uh, yeah, here we are. So he's been drafted. This is the biggest head scratcher for me. Maybe the sixth round pick is also there. But um, what did you guys think? I felt like when we went corner, it wasn't what I was expecting at all. It wasn't a guy we ever talked about, and like there were guys we we scouted still around and seemed like better traits. Um, so I don't know. I'm still I'm gonna have to just see it with this guy. I'm not sure what to believe. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, from I think they really liked this guy's physical. Like uh, his the year before his last year in college was he led the Pac-12 in um, pass uh, passes defended with 13, which included two interceptions. Um, that number dropped in his senior year to to six. Which is still very good. You look at the tape. He, he like you said, he plays well in zone. The scouting reports I've read don't speak well to his ability to, you know, really play down the field. You know, you see in, uh, I think the draft network had in their notes that he rarely, I think this is a direct, this is a direct quote, basically he rarely turns his head uh, to look back at the quarterback after, you know, he's, he's beat. So, you know, that's risking getting caught pass interference at the next level. I I understand why they went corner because you can never have too many corners. Um, kind of feels like these days you need to exit a draft with at least one but yeah I agree I I think the question is why him over some of the other guys who would get drafted later um why you know why not take a shot over another guy in the fourth round so we'll just kind of have to see I mean sometimes there's these picks and it's just they're literally just throws at a dartboard and (laughs) they are here for a few seasons and don't see much playing time looking at, you know, Iman Marshall 
allegedly. You know, Who? I know I don't think we're in full agreement among the fan base that he ever was a player. But yeah, I, I this is I'm a guy. I guess I'm interested to see in preseason, see what he does. Um, but yeah, I, I you know it's the fifth round. You take shots. Yeah, it's fine with me. I <laughs> by the time we hit the fifth round, uh, even if you picked a corner, that's not a solution for this year. It's a developmental guy, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> if he has, you know, if he plays for at least one game, he's already better than Iman Marshall, right? Like, I, I honestly, like, I don't think, I don't think this is a pick for this year. Like, this is a pick for, you know, you watch this guy in preseason this year, you watch him next year, um, you see what he can contribute. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't personally, I don't really think he's going to be solution for corner this year, and that's okay. I think the, the other thing to kind of like always keep in mind too is like, you know, I know we're really scared at corner this year, but like honestly, like, like there's a lot of developmental growth that happens between seasons for some of these players. So like, you know, even myself personally, like I'm not super low on Brandon Stevens. Like I think he has a lot of positive traits or some people that he needs to go back to safety. He definitely does not need to go back to safety. In my opinion, I think he he's been more effective at corner. Um, do I think he can play better? Absolutely. But I don't think that he was like an awful guy to go into the season with as you know, your number three corner, if you need to. And even like, you know, Pepe Williams, like, yeah, he was a little rough in the first season, but, I, I do think, like you know, if, if they, those guys were asked to step up a little bit more this year, I do think having a full off season to kind of get more in NFL shape, to go through all the rookie, you know, all the mini camps and everything and, and training camp, you know, I think that's going to do wonders for them. So, you know, I, if the Ravens weren't going to dress corner in the first, you know, honestly, with the first two picks after that, that's fine. Just pick a guy that you can develop. So it sounds like he's, you know, like he's, like you said, Alec, it sounds like he's a really smart guy. <laughs> My only like non-football thing related to this, I feel like the Ravens have gone really hard into his like pitch to video game to Microsoft kind of thing. And he almost <laughs> like, I'm getting like John Urschel vibes a little bit. And he's like, oh, this guy's a genius. <laughs> I'm like really cool for them. Like I'm not like hating on that at all. Like I think that's really nice, but just it, it seems like they're really hyping it up for like an off off the field kind of thing and like i, I just like i don't want him to be a disappointment because then i feel like it takes away like from that a little bit but but yeah well it's funny man like like we said so rick's went undrafted but he's going to the eagles because of course he is the eagles got everybody in this draft like they had a, they had a steal of a draft the Steelers had an amazing draft. I'm not looking forward to talking about them, about them in the state of the division they picked up Corey trice that was a guy we liked going into this aircraft carrier frame. And then uh, the Rams, again, talking about the Rams and their kind of savvy picking, they went Hodges Tomlinson, who was projected to be a really nice slot. So there were a lot of interesting corners that went after. We'll have to keep an eye on them and see, you know, how they do in the league. And um, we'll see how this, this pick goes. But this was definitely one of the ones that made me scratch my head a little bit. Next up, I'll take one for the team. I don't mind. <laughs> Six-round pick, Malisala Amuave Ulu, I think. <laughs> he played right tackle at Oregon. He's going to be a guard in this league almost for sure. Watch this film. You know, he has the frame, six foot six, okay arms. He moves all right, but he kind of was a little lungy. I just felt like he just felt so – he feels like a huge developmental prospect. So – I don't know what to make of him. He, 
you'd assume he makes the team, right? But honestly, after talking to Jason, like I'm not even that. I wouldn't be that surprised. He 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 said it first. He's like, I think they might IR him this year. Like hmm. he he might be that far off from actually being able to contribute at the NFL level. Um, hopefully, you know he can turn into something. But um, he was saying that he he actually like some of the guys we picked up uh, UDFA wise better for me making the team this year and, and contributing. So we'll see. I, I don't know what you guys saw it. If you guys had a chance to watch his film it, to me, like I said, like he looks just stupidly raw and it, it kind of looks like they did the same thing I was doing where, uh, I pulled out, what was that guy's name? Um, oh, now I'm blanking. McClendon. Uh, McClendon. Yeah. McClendon. Like they're just like traits. Yep. Pick him. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was actually looking. McClendon went, um, after uh kelly in the fifth round so he mm. also went to the rams so um yeah i mean if the ravens really liked him in the fifth round that would have been the time to get him but uh yeah just looking at the rest like you know a lot of i mean i know a lot of the guys that i looked at beforehand they were most of them i think gone by the third round actually um i think uh tipman was tipman was like the second round i think ricky stromberg i think was the third round at least as far as like you know center sort of guard prospects so yeah it it definitely feels like that to me i haven't looked at his tape either i'm definitely curious to see what this guy does in the preseason i'm going to be looking at him quite a bit you know i i feel like the only thing i have to say here is like the ravens um just look at their track record man like they pick up a lot of late round guys developmental guys that take a little bit to become contributors but they do so, you know, I can't hate this pick. Like, I think we needed, you know, do we need a guard right now to start? No. Will we need developmental guys that can step in for a game or two when needed? Absolutely. So, um, you know, if he's uh, if he could do it this year, that's great. If not, no big deal. I think uh, I think we've got the coaching staff and they have the track record to show that they can develop these guys. Yeah, I, I agree with Alec. Um, Raw on the tape. Uh, there are some athletic traits that look really intriguing. Uh, I think particularly he's got a fast jump uh, in the run game while pulling. Um, it moves pretty fast for someone that size, but also when he moves, like it, it doesn't look like <laughs> very fundamental. It, it just looks a bit um, like, yeah, it, he needs work. I, I think that that's a great thing to say, um, to put it concisely, but He's got physical tools that are intriguing if he's able to get coached up. So, yeah, I, I don't have much more to say than that. I think that it's the Ravens just trying to um, bolster their young offensive line depth as they prepare for Zeitler's eventual departure from the team and just any anything else that they might need on the interior. Well, that was the picks. Those were the five picks that the Ravens had. Oh, but wait. After their press conference, they decided to trade back in. And they swapped next year's six-round pick to the Browns to go ahead and select Andrew Voorhees out of uh, USC. This guy, probably a day-two guy at guard, and uh, tears his ACL running the 40. So he's out all year. But the thing that's crazy about him, and I'm sure you heard by now, is after he tore his ACL, homeboy ripped 38 reps at the bench press setting the record for uh offensive lineman this year and uh i mean so the guy's real strong plays super well when he's available but i hate to say guys he's had a lot of injuries a lot of knee injuries ankle injuries 
lower body injuries. His availability has just not been there. So I am a little concerned about his ability to stay healthy. And um, we'll see, though, because I think, like, if he is healthy and, you know, the strength conditioning coaches here can get him on the right track, this could be a huge steal for the Ravens. Like, you're not going to get a guy like this in the sixth round next year, most likely. And, yeah, you're only going to get three years of him out of his rookie contract, but he's already going to be 26 years old or something like that, 26.7 by the time he takes the first snap next year. He's older almost than uh, Marlon Humphrey. <laughs> He like first started going to school in 2017. The guy's old, man. Like, <laughs> like in a draft full of olds. This guy was particularly old, and they and he's redshirting this year. It's like, woo boy. But you know what? If he's a good guard, and you get him for two or three years at that capital, I'm not too mad. I think this is the perfect way to use a seventh round pick. I mean, you're you're almost guaranteed to have this guy, you know, just be a, a trivia question. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for, uh, you know, later on. Great Ravens, seventh-round picks. Geno Stone and... Geno Stone. It's like, there's no... Uh, that's right, that's it. Yeah, it's like, you know, Michael Campanero, preseason hero, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's like, yeah. Is his injuries uh, a red flag? Sure, absolutely. But at a seventh-round pick, you take that shot. You take that shot because in the case that it does work out, whether or not it's it's likely you got a huge steal, like you said. So yeah, you watch the tape of this guy. It's, it's really encouraging for when he's out there on the field. Uh, he's, he fights it, it. It's not just combine strength that he has. You watch the tape. He's got game strength too. I think it's, it's, it's a great gamble uh, because it's not a gamble. It's just like, if he works out great, if he doesn't, you didn't really, you gave up nothing to take that shot. So uh, I think that was a really savvy move there by the Ravens. I mean, I think the, I mean, the biggest comparison to me is is James Hurst. Um, I know he wasn't sure. a draft pick, but he, he's another guy who was like second, third round talent and only fell due to injury. Ravens ended up getting him undrafted. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a little rough the first couple of years, obviously. I, I think, you know, for a while, I think people gave him a bad rap of like, he was the rep that let the guy, um, you know, blow up Flacco's ACL in his second season, right? But this guy is still starting in the NFL. He's a starting tackle for the Saints, right? I mean, he's been in the league for 10 years, I think. I mean, that's fantastic for an undrafted guy. And, you know, even for the Ravens, like, he was a contributor. I think he was starting in his third, maybe fourth year here, but he had significant kind of, um, you know, backup experience for a couple of years at that time. Ravens ended up re-signing him for, like, four years. So, I, you know, I don't want to put all that on Voorhees here, but, like, but that is like, you know, if you can get a guy with that talent, even if, if even, you know, the three or four years, whatever, even if you redshirt him this year, that doesn't really matter too much, at least with the, you know, being a seventh round pick, like, honestly, a lot of seventh round picks don't even make it their four full years anyway, because they get beat out by other guys who have, you know, more talent, right? So if, if he's got the talent, if he can start, just get him healthy. And then, you know, next year, get him in training camp, see what he can do. Yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with that at all. I think it's a great pick, um, especially at the the tail end of the draft. Um, yeah, I'm just looking like I don't I don't know if there are too many guys, at least that I would know at this point, like of of people that I would pick up around that. So, um, and, and what was the draft capital to be able to get it? Was it like a six round pick from the following year, I believe? Yeah, next year's six. Yeah, that's fine. I think the Ravens at some point, like hopefully they'll. 
Well, I guess we haven't talked. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead, but I mean, you know, the Ravens might have some guys leave next year, in which case they maybe should get some comp picks. Um, I guess we haven't figured out all that stuff out yet, but regardless, like I don't think the Ravens are going to go into next year having fewer draft picks than this year. So I think, you know, that's a low risk kind of high reward situation. So definitely cool with that. Most certainly I'm excited. Like, like you said, you know, if he, if he hits, that's amazing. And if he doesn't, oh, well, like it's just pretty low capital, huge return. I'm surprised how many people slept on him. Like a lot of people got picked, you know, a lot of, a lot of guards. Like there's a guard right before him, a guard right after him, you know, like it was a guard city. So, uh, kind of surprised that no one, no one touched him earlier. Honestly, sort of surprised we didn't just pick him in the six, but I guess they really wanted a guy to be able to compete this year. So we shall see. All right. Next phase in the dock, undrafted free agents. Let's start off with the one we've been teasing the most. <laughs> we did get a running back. Peter, take it away. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this is uh, Keaton, I believe is how you say it. Mitchell out of ECU. This is a guy who I, I did look at for um, when researching this running back class. I didn't include him in my short list of guys that I thought had earmarked for the Ravens. Mainly because, as Alex said earlier, uh, this guy is not a three-down back at the NFL level. Um, he is a pure speed guy, but the speed is electrifying. He this is a guy who has big playability. Fun fact, he is the son of Anthony Mitchell, um, who was part of the Ravens Super Bowl thirty-five team, was the guy who uh, returned the blocked kick against Tennessee in that divisional game for a touchdown. Uh, so that's cool. Got the Ravens connection there, but... We know the Ravens have had success before with undrafted running backs. Um, most most famously, of course, Gus Edwards, who is on the, the team. Uh, if if this guy is able to to make the team, which I agree that with with Jason that he has a great shot to do so, and he's here next season, he could get some serious work in this offense. Again, he's not going to be a, a lead back, but he has serious playmaking ability and the. I, I think that, yeah, this is a great running back class. There's a lot of running backs I would have ra- rather had over him. But like we talked about, it wasn't a prime need for the Ravens. So to get a guy like this undrafted, honestly, I think this guy should have been a sixth or seventh round pick. So, yeah, th- this is a guy that I think is going to be really fun to watch this preseason. Yeah, so he's he's five foot eight, 179. But he's one of those guys, man, like one of his knocks is his patience, but if he's able to figure out his patience a little bit, with that speed he has in a gap scheme like we've been running previously and like our line's kind of built for that at the moment, oh my goodness. Like, he's going to just fly, dude. Like, you watch his highlights and it's just nuts. He's fast. I, I mean, he's a he's a fun player. This is exactly what we're talking about. What would we say? We said undrafted free agent, really late round guy, fits the scheme well. Like, that's what you're looking for. And it turns out there were so many running backs that a guy that fit our scheme was undrafted. I mean, there were some guys that are a little bit more interesting uh, in the fifth or sixth round, but we got other players there and we were able to get this running back here. And I think given the state of affairs with our team, not the worst choice to go undrafted here. So this is awesome. Another place that we went heavy is uh, offensive linemen. Kind of getting back to that comment I made earlier. We went ahead and got... uh, Connecticut center Jake Gwinden 
Offensive lineman to Sean Manning. Offensive tackle to Keem Doss. Lineman Jalen Thomas. I mean, they just like went nuts. Oregon State offensive lineman <laughs> Brandon Kipper. Like these guys are all going to be competing their butts off. We'll be seeing them in the preseason games and trying to make sense of them all. And uh, I think Manning probably has the best chance to make the roster based off like a very brief assessment. But uh, definitely keen to watch these guys grow and improve and play at the preseason level. Yeah, I mean we're gonna need a lot of you know need a lot of camp bodies. Um, you know, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking looking forward to kind of seeing who uh, who's able to kind of fill out that second level of uh, of offensive linemen. Um, the fortunate thing for it is like you know we we get a lot of we get a lot of film on those guys. I think in the preseason to watch, which is really great because um, I know most of the starters really don't play much at all. Um, even like some of them, like you know Zeitler, I don't imagine he's gonna have any snaps if any. Um, you know, preseason. So I think the, the good news, I think particularly for offensive linemen is that I think there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of film you can see on these guys because, you know, obviously you have to have five of them out each time. And, and usually I think the Ravens are good about mixing in, um, you know, second and third string guys as well um, in the preseason, which is great. So, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if, if one of these guys ends up making some waves in, in the preseason, um, the other thing to kind of note too, because uh, you know, I feel like you know the big the big news was Ben Powers um, getting his new contract, but um, uh, Cologne as well was uh, picked up by the Jets. So we do have kind of a need for another sort of backup uh, center slash guard, uh, sort of like tweener sort of guy. So even if it doesn't end up being Luolu out of Oregon, our sixth round pick, it could be any one of uh, these undrafted guys as well. So. Um, definitely a couple spots that are going to need to be filled. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the Ravens are being really prudent here, um, picking up a bunch of guys. And yeah, we'll see. I have not taken a look at any of these guys yet, I'll admit. But like like Chris is saying, I think we'll get a chance to look at, at a decent amount of these guys in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I guess other guys of note that the Ravens picked up. Two guys on defense, I think, are candidates for, uh, you know, we don't have this guy every year, but it feels like every three or four seasons we have the the defensive rookie who has the fan base enamored in August uh, due to scrub time heroics, and then the <laughs> fan base goes crazy when he ultimately does not make the final roster and then forgets his name by mid-October. I'm looking at cornerback Corey Mayfield Jr., as well as Lafayette linebacker Malik Ham. Uh, both of them, you look at their... Uh, highlight tapes on YouTube. Uh, they look like they have skill sets that are going to, to make some splashes in preseason. Uh, Mayfield has a lot of, a lot of great uh, turnovers, worthy plays, uh, some sacks, a strip sack. He flies around the ball. Ham was able to get a lot of sacks at Lafayette by basically just, just running around the, the tackle, <laughs> not really putting in any moves, but he had a lot of speed off the edge there. Don't know if their skills really translate to the NFL level, but you know, I, I worth a worth a look in the preseason, I guess. So, and then outside of that, uh, I guess you got uh, tight end Brian Walker, uh, who looks like. Excuse me, I didn't look at Brian Walker, but Travis Vokalik could be a guy that they're looking at as a a blocking tight end. Maybe he makes the practice squad. Maryland wide receiver Dante Damas Jr. Um, I'm sure some people locally are excited that he'll get a shot um, from being from Maryland. And going back to Delaware roots, 
quarterback, Nolan Henderson. Tape doesn't look terribly impressive. Kind of got, you know, a little bit of Doug Flutie vibes. But, you know, uh, who knows who the backup quarterback's going to be in in 2024. So maybe he'll give Anthony Brown a run for his money. Who knows? But definitely a lot of interesting names. We'll just have to see which, if any, of these guys. I mean, it feels like one or two of these guys. And maybe, maybe it is just Keaton. But we know the Ravens record, so we know someone here we're talking about is going to be around the organization for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think um, the guys you just mentioned wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, Vakolic becomes like the next uh, practice squad tight end. It's sticking around for a while. The guy could definitely block. And then you have uh, Dante Demas Jr., the wide receiver out of Maryland, like you mentioned. He's going to be compete with Shamar Bridges for being in that practice squad wide receiver darling and I don't think anyone's gonna be calling his name given the fact that this group is so deep now but um he'll be he'll be there so I definitely think those guys are gonna have a shot and like you said offensive linemen defensive linemen this is a great opportunity for them to uh try to find somebody like you know the caller state Pablo defensive tackle Trey Bolts um defensive tackle out of Ohio uh Caesar I mean there's a lot of guys here that um, will compete. These are classic guys that the Ravens try to find, um, like Nichols or uh, Pierce or, you know, you name it, some undrafted big guy. Uh, they're really good at it. So keep an eye on those guys during the um, preseason, and uh, we'll see what happens. And I think for the last order of business, because it happened today, <laughs> is the reason the Ravens probably passed on all those corners that we were talking about on the live stream after the third and fourth round. Like, it kind of felt inevitable. But yes, Indeed, Rakyasin is the pickup. The Ravens picked him up for about $6 million, I think. You know, he's young, 26 years old. He's played well in his time. He still has big traits. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do in this defense. I think it's a good move for the Ravens. And I'm, I think this is it. You know, that was the piece, man. I think now you can go into the season thinking, all right, like, we're locked and loaded. I would love to add a Houston. I'd love to add a Peters. I'd love to add, like, one or two older guys that would kind of pop up. But at this point, with this signing, I think we have plugged all the holes. Team is deep. There's young guys after that. Thumbs up. Yeah, I I mean, I think I, think I have to agree. This is, man, I, I'm trying to think of the correct word to say here, but I think it's the most stable roster that we've seen with the Ravens in quite some time. Sure. There's some position groups that you'd like to be a little bit better, but like every one of these position groups is, is good. Like now that we, we drafted uh, flowers and no doubt, man. And, and I have to say, I remember at the end of the season, I said, man, my dream for this off season is we, we sign a vet free agent wide receiver who's can at least be what first half 2021 Sammy Watkins was for this team. And we draft someone in the first round who's ready to play in week one. And I think we got that. I mean, obviously we got to see what Odell's health is, but if it ends up not being it and, and flowers and Odell aren't the answers to this offense, you know, helping out Bateman and Andrews, it wasn't without EDC trying like the, the Ravens, really tried there and yeah like we said they shored up some depth in the draft and with some other free agent pieces 
props to the front office. This this team is ready to go. And of course, we can't forget they did the most important thing. They got the quarterback. They got him signed long term. Luckily, the Orioles are doing well because it's. It, I'm impatient now. I'm impatient for this season to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, back to the the Rockison signing. Yeah, I. You know, it's it, it's funny. Like I, I feel like we got the rumor that uh, he was doing a physical probably. I don't know, a few weeks before, month or so before, or something, and uh, I I felt like we all just forgot that uh, that this guy was going to be a potential signing, but uh, but I, I do really like it. Um, you know, the, the the number one thing, man, is just like we got to keep this guy healthy. Um, I guess we don't know. I actually, I don't know. Do we know for sure? Are we playing in the Meadowlands at all this year? Oh God, uh, I hope I not. I mean, I would think the only the only team that we would play would be the Jets, but. I would hope that they would be coming here, but um, <laughs> if we can avoid that stadium entirely, I think we'll be okay. Um, obviously, that wrecked Kyle Fuller last year, uh, week one. We're safe. We're, we're safe. We're okay, safe. Good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Fuller was a guy I was really excited for last year. I think he was kind of the equivalent of Rockiston this year, and um, you know, but with him coming back from that ACL tear, that's just that's too much risk. For- um, obviously, I mean, we just saw it last year with Marcus Peters, um, coming back from his ACL, uh, was, uh, you know, it was rough. He was definitely not the same guy. And, uh, I wouldn't like mind if the Ravens wanted to pick him up around training camp because, you know, they weren't seeing the development from some of the guys that we've, you know, would like to step up like Brandon Stevens, Pepe Williams. Um, but if we have to, it's fine. But I do think, you know, Rocky Sin is, is definitely like, he's one of those guys you can like step in that cb2 um and, and be serviceable there particularly in the beginning of the season before the guys who you know are kind of behind him to be able to take more meaningful snaps you just have to you know have to pray that these guys are healthy um i think that's the that's honestly the biggest question mark which is you know a little unfortunate but you know kind of what i said earlier just like that's kind of the risk you have to take here you know the ravens can't afford to take his a flowers and then you know also a top end corner or like two corners in this draft um you know i guess that just wasn't in the cards this year so you have to do that all the time but i i do i do agree with you guys this seems like a really solid roster i'd argue maybe a little top heavy in a couple position groups but but honestly like i think there's definitely a lot of talent here for sure well there you have it i think we did a pretty good job guys keeping this episode a little shorter we were like holy cow this is so much news (laughs) um but you know what? Like, it's super exciting. I think this is like you said, Peter, earlier on, the most upbeat we've been in a long, long time. And uh, yeah, I mean, lot to look forward to for all of us, right? Absolutely. Well, I think the next episode we'll be back is for the schedule release, which is on May twelfth. Probably recorded on the fifteenth. Get that out to your devices uh, shortly thereafter. So. Until then, unless something crazy happens, which we were talking before, and like we don't know what that would be. Like even if they sign another veteran, that's not crazy enough to do a, a show. Maybe uh, Lamar drops some uh, entire gym uh, <laughs> trivia at the press conference tomorrow. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be around. You can find us on Twitter at One Winning Pod. You can find find us on Twitter, YouTube, One Winning Pod. Email us at onewinningpod at gmail There it is. Chris got it all. We'll see you in a couple weeks.